Today's episode is being sponsored by Hotel and Gastro Union, the largest professional association in the Swiss hospitality sector. Representing over 20,000 members, the Hotel and Gastro Union is dedicated to promoting fair working conditions and improving the social, educational, and professional prospects of everyone working in the Swiss hospitality industry. Contact Hotel and Gastro Union at www.hotelgastrounion.ch to learn more about their mission and how they can support you. Join them on their journey by following them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Hotel Gastro Union and discover how they are shaping the future of Swiss hospitality. And welcome to 50 Shades of Hospitality. This is our first episode, and I'm here with the production team, Egidio Marcato and Sate Al-Malazzi. My name is Crystal Cavan. Our first podcast today, we're going to be talking to Egidio Marcato about his background in hospitality and some of his ideas and why we decided to create this podcast. Good morning, Egidio. Good morning, Crystal, and good morning to the audience. Thank you very much uh, for this uh, nice introduction. Um, yes, uh, Egidio Marcato is my name, and um, I've been uh, working in hospitality for many years, I would say over 20 years, mainly at the reception. And then another 20 years teaching in a hospitality management school. Um, in other words, I think hospitality is definitely in my blood and in my soul as well. Uh, 2020 is the year when I created my own brand, which I called the Swiss Hospitality Guild. What is it? A specialized training center for reception staff of luxury hotels, but also for other um, establishments uh, such as luxury clinics, luxury boutiques, international organizations, which wish to provide a high-class reception service to their customers, patients, and so on. So why exactly did you decide to start uh, the Swiss Hospitality Guild? Well, over um, a few decades, I would say, working in hospitality, I did a lot of observations. And what struck me is, um, you know, the young generation, these young people, they are really talented. And I believe we are losing some of these talents. Some of these talents are gone. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, I have specialized over the years in hotel reception competitions. Um, and during these competitions, I was lucky enough to meet many uh, young people motivated and definitely passionate about reception, about the job they do. Uh, they come to these competitions to test their skills, to prove to themselves that they do have talent. And then, for some reason, their performance is not always up to their expectations and despite their efforts and, and goodwill. So one question, why do you think that is? Is it a lack of training? Is their training insufficient or is it incomplete perhaps? Well, there are several reasons. They are definitely disappointed with their performance and they simply give up too early. And I say, what a pity, what a waste of talent, because I keep saying, they do, and I'm convinced they, they have talents. Um, what I've also noticed and what I need to share with you that in the recent years, there are more and more um, competitions, hotel reception mm -hmm. competitions. For hotel reception is the one that is best known is the one organized by the AICR. AICR is the abbreviation for International Association of reception managers and deputy directors for um, five-star hotels, uh, grand hotels, we call it in, in, in French. Uh, these competitions, they take place every year on a national level. 
and this in about 20 countries around the world. Um, the winner of each nation then goes to the international competition for the title of world champion. The next edition will take place in Doha in February 24 and 25th uh, this year. Can you tell me a little bit more about AICR, Egidio? Oh, yes, with pleasure. Uh, this is my second love after my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very proud of the AICR competitions, and there are several reasons. I will just um, name the first two. The first one is that together with a friend and, and colleague, Yanis um, Gerasimidis, we created the Swiss AICR competition back in 1995, known then and still known as the Bucharest Trophy. Um, and the good thing is that already back in 1995, uh, this competition was fully in English, although we, uh, we were in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. The number two is that since 2015, I've been uh, appointed um, chief judge for the international competition. Uh, this competition also has a name. It was known as the David Campbell Trophy. But um, in the last few years, we decided to change the name and call it the AICR World's Best Receptionist Competition. Now, AICR is the first one I can name, but there are other competitions. Um, the European uh, Skills Championships, known as the EuroSkills, and the World Skills Championships, World Skills in, in short, uh, in which there are, the profession of hotel reception is also an integral part of it. I need to tell you that I am a very, very happy man because since December 2018, I've been appointed the national coach of the Swiss champions for from the Swiss skills competitions. Now, I know it sounds a little bit complicated, but uh, let me just summarize it. We have the Swiss competition in Switzerland mm -hmm. called the Swiss skills. Right. And then there is a winner of this competition, which then will participate to the Euro skills mm -hmm. or the World skills or both. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, I'm very, very proud and lucky to be part of this uh, beautiful um, organization called the Swiss skills. Uh, thanks to this appointment, I was able to participate to the first edition of the World Skills Hotel Reception in Kazan, Russia, in August 2019. Mm -hmm. And then um, in uh, Austria, in Graz, I was able to participate with my um, competitor at the EuroSkills, uh, September 2021. And last October... Uh, the World Skills took place in Montreux, and it was a special edition. Yeah, because um, I thought that the World Skills was supposed to take place in Shanghai last year. So, what exactly happened? Well, it's a long story. Um, Shanghai was supposed to organize the World Skills already back in 2021, but then everybody knows the pandemic mm -hmm. uh, came and it was postponed by one year. Everybody was hoping it would take place in October 2022, but the situation was not getting any better. So in May 2022, Shanghai decided to give up. In other words, uh, to not cancel. to cancel, yeah, uh -huh, uh -huh. not organize the, the world skills anymore. So then, then what happened? Um, despair. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, there was so much work put into training all these champions oh, for yeah. many years. I mean, some countries are training their champions for two, three, four, five years because mm -hmm. this event is just wow. Mm -hmm. It's a wow event. Uh, in my case, uh, my candidate, I was training it for two years and it would have been a pity to just, you know, drop it and, and all these efforts for nothing. So 
uh, there were a lot of discussions going on um, on different levels, you know, here in Switzerland by Swiss skills. And every country was trying to find ideas and solutions because um, there was really this willingness to have the world skills take place somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, After short and long discussions, um, the idea that was um, retained was to have a kind of decentralized organization. What does it mean? It means that every country was um, invited to apply to host one or more competitions or the competition of one skill or several skills. Um, Guess what? For me, that was a unique opportunity. Um, Hotel reception, my personal wish was to... um, welcome to host the competition, the organization of the competition in Switzerland. And why not in my hometown, Montreux? So this is what happened in short. Mm -hmm. I hope I've been um, clear enough with the situation. So there was was discussions and then WorldSkis International had to take the decision. And I must share with you that Um, The decision was not in our favor. Um, The city of Bordeaux Bordeaux, Mm -hmm. was first chosen to host the competition. And this was uh, a sad moment for me. But uh, for those who know me, I'm not someone who gives up that easy. So um, I tried to use um, relations. I tried to use um, my network. I tried to convince that uh, Montreux um, was the the file mm-hmm. that was the the heaviest, or in the sense that it was the city that was already prepared mm-hmm. to host the competition. Right, and um, I must say, it worked. Four days after the decision of Bordeaux, um, Wolskis International came back. They re-examined our application and they allowed um, Montreux to um, host and to organize the, the competition. And this was at the, uh, the Grand Casino, right, in Montreux? It was at the Casino Barriere in right. Montreux, exactly. Right. Um, I don't know if this is the right moment or place to say it, but um, people have to understand that... An organization like this takes a lot of time, efforts, and money. Mm -hmm. And there was no time, (laughs) and there was no money. But there was the willingness to to make it work. Mm -hmm. So I have used all my time, uh, not my money, because I didn't have it. (laughs) And and, um, I really, really did whatever was uh, needed to be done in order to um, organize it and help, because I was not alone, I must say. There were, of course, other people with me, uh, but I tried to help them because I was the only one on site. Mm -hmm. So there was, first you had to find the venue, then you had to find accommodations for Mm -hmm. all these people, Mm -hmm. then you had to find the infrastructure, and you have to find the money to finance all that. Mm-hmm. And, and how many countries exactly were um, uh, represented uh, for the for, hotel reception competition, World Skills? For hotel reception, we had 16 countries oh, represented yeah. from all over the world, from right. uh, far away from Japan to India, and then many countries in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have anyone from the Americas, but um, coming soon. Uh-huh. Right. Next time. So tell us a little bit more about this um, world skills in Montreux. How did it How did it go? Um, well, I can already give you the final outcome. Uh-huh. Um, the competitor I had trained for for all this time did an excellent job. He won the silver medal and the title of um, vice world champion, and Fantastic. that was just you know amazing. It paid off, um, but. 
I should not think of this competition alone with the, you know, the medal and my competitor. Mm-hmm. I think it was a different opportunity for our profession. It was a different, a golden opportunity for for hotel reception, for our region, for hospitality in general. So it was an opportunity that I could not just pass up. Mm-hmm. And do you think that these competitions uh, will attract more young people? Is this a, is this a good platform to try to uh, show young people what this job is and to make it more attractive to them? Well, I think it helps. Mm-hmm. Professional competitions are absolutely important, but not enough, not sufficient to create the buzz, mm-hmm. uh, to encourage new vocations, to motivate young people to discover and appreciate the hospitality professions. You need more, but when you have such an opportunity, all you have to do is go for it. And then, um, you know, this was a unique experience. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of um, reflection, a lot of observations, a lot of thinking. How can this event continue over time? It should not be a one-time event. It should not just be, okay, we did the World Skills in Montreux, end of story. Mm-hmm. It should be the beginning of another nice and success story. And this is where the thinking led to, okay, so what do we do with this? Um, we need we need to um, be creative. We need to find something that will allow this experience to evolve, to mm-hmm. uh, make sure that you know, young people will talk about it and we will be inspired, mm-hmm. etc. Honestly, of course, I do have a lot of ideas all the time, mm-hmm. but I'm not the only one who has ideas. And then something incredible happened. Yeah, so it was maybe from this point, was this the impetus for creating uh, the Fifty Shades of Hospitality podcast? Um. All of a sudden, one of my former students called me, and now, because he was already introduced, I'm talking about Sate. Um, he said, Mr. Mercado, it's a long time, I haven't seen you, etc. What about going out for, you know, a, a fondue? Mm-hmm. That's what we have here in, in Switzerland, <laughs> right? And I said, of course, Sate, it's a pleasure. So we had this fondue, we had two fondues, three fondues, I don't know, and and... It was nice talking and remembering good old times. And just before the end of the dinner, Satya said, Mr. McCarthy, would you be interested in, um, I've got an idea, I've got a a project. Uh, What about um, organizing some podcasts? Wow. (laughs) First of all, Satya, you need to tell me what exactly are these podcasts and what you want to uh, display what you want to show, what you want to talk about. And his answer was, listen, uh, we can talk about hospitality. We can talk about all I, all I'm interested in is Mr. McCarthy, you have such a great network. Right. So I think if we combine um, podcast, um, your, your network and everything you have done, and we were of course talking about the world skills, Montreux, etc. And the other important thing that he said, and I will never forget, we need to talk to young people. Right. And all of a sudden, my antennas were going, okay, young people, (laughs) talents, okay, I'm listening to you. And he said, young people nowadays, they don't read, but they listen to podcasts. So if you have a message to pass through, you have to use podcasts. Done. Great. Done. Wonderful idea. Exactly. And then I said, hey, we need the two of us, but we need also uh, someone else. Because you need to make a lot of choices. And one of choices is um, 
which language? We are in the Swiss Roman. Do we speak French or do we want um, English? And of course, it was logical that it needs to be English if you want to be, you know, to to reach open out. up, reach out to the yeah, world. Exactly. To a and global this is, audience. And this is how and when and why. Crystal, <laughs> you are on board. <laughs> and so happy to be here. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like to go back and talk a little more about the position of receptionist, which is, of course, you know, your... Uh, your specialty. What kind of skills does a receptionist need today to be successful? Well, we need um, a reception. A good receptionist needs to be um, a talented person already. Mm -hmm. There are a multitude of skills that is required from a receptionist. I love when I see a receptionist that displays charisma. Mm. And wow, as soon as you meet one of those, mm -hmm. you go, as I just said, wow, mm -hmm. charismatic person. They also uh, must have an impeccable presentation. They need to remain courteous and friendly in all circumstances. And God knows yeah. how many circumstances <laughs> they are facing in their job. Um, now, in Switzerland, on top of that, they are expected to speak several languages fluently. Mm -hmm. um, they need to have in-depth knowledge um, of general culture mm -hmm. because you are confronted with multicultural mm -hmm. um, uh, clientele. Mm -hmm. They need to know what's going on in the world. They need to know what's going on in their city. They need to know what's going on in, in the hotel they're working. Um, they need to know, yes, the city, what kind of events mm -hmm. are there, um, what are the tourist attractions, and this is how they can better inform their customers. Right. They need to also be excellent communicators, uh, there is communication with the guests, mm -hmm. but there is also communication within the team. There is communications with um, line managers. There is communication, you know, all the way through. Mm -hmm. um, they need to possess one of those qualities and skills that is essential in hospitality. And for a receptionist, that is empathy. Mm -hmm. They also need to have acquired some expertise so they need to have worked a little bit in order to be able to face all the different um, situations that um, life offers them at the same time situations are also complaints mm -hmm. and complaints um, that's so important so they need to be good at handling them with tact and diplomacy exactly so what kind of training do they need? Um, they need training for sure. Mm -hmm. um, they need proper preparation. Uh, in a perfect world, this could require several years of training in a specialized professional institutions. Mm -hmm. um, Switzerland is a country known worldwide for um, hospitality schools. Of course. Correct? Of course. Uh, but at the same time, I personally noticed that there is some confusion. Mm -hmm. uh, there is this reputation, worldwide reputation, um, and without naming them, okay, they refer to schools here in, in our region uh, that have been there for, for many, many years. But we are talking about receptionists and the schools that mm -hmm. are known worldwide, um, these institutions, they are now hospitality management schools. And these schools are to prepare future managers. Right. Their um, aims is to really... Uh, prepare the leaders of tomorrow. Right. We are not talking about 
preparing receptionists mm -hmm. for the job of a receptionist. So there should be other institutions. In other words, people say, oh, you have been attending a very famous school in, in Switzerland. Um, so is this where you have learned your job as a receptionist? Mm -hmm. Well, this is where the confusion is. Yes. And so, you know, what you're saying, we all totally agree with that, that a lot of these institutions are really focused on the management. So how have these changes in these institutions that started off in, with more practical programs, yes. how has this affected young people and students who attend these schools? Um, I'm not sure I understood correctly your question. What I tried to say before is that we need to uh, make sure that we understand the difference between a vocational mm -hmm. hospitality school and a hospitality management school. We need a receptionist in our hotels and not only hotels. Mm -hmm. And these receptionists needs to be trained. They need to prepare themselves. And it is, in my opinion, not in those hospitality management schools that they will right. be prepared for the job. So there must be other institutions mm -hmm. that do the job of preparing, of training these receptionists. What I've been observing in the last years is that these vocational schools are no longer there. Right. Probably they used to be there, and I know some of them, uh, but I'm talking already about 10 years or more mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, especially here in the Swiss Romande, mm -hmm. I can't think of... Uh, vocational school that really prepares the staff, the receptionist, to work in hotels. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we have uh, a kind of imbalance between right. the number of graduate uh, students mm -hmm. from management schools. In other words, if you have five graduate from a hospitality management school, how many receptionists are being trained mm -hmm. and graduate from a vocational schools? Do you have five? No, you don't. Mm -hmm. We have probably zero. Right. So in hotels, we need managers and we need a certain number of managers, but how many receptionists do we need? Mm -hmm. You know, if I am pragmatic and if I use my financial background, then I'm using ratios, right. you know? And the ratios I have in mind is, well, for one reception manager, for example, we need five receptionists. Right. And the situation we have now is probably we have five managers and only one receptionist. Right. So if the major hotel schools are training the leaders of tomorrow, then who is in charge of training more receptionists? Who's going to be doing this, in your opinion? That's my question. Mm, right. There, at the moment, um, if I only take the example of Switzerland, we have... This, Switzerland is split in two main regions. Mm -hmm. The German-speaking part and the French-speaking part. I'm not talking about the Italian part for, for this example. Mm -hmm. Since I joined the Swiss Skills organization, I noticed that vocational schools are very popular in the Swiss-German part. Right. And by the way, all the candidates that come to the competitions, whether they are Swiss skills and mainly, uh, or sometime, or let's say also about the AICR, they all come from the German uh, part. Interesting. Which means that in, uh, in Switzerland, 
when we are talking about the Swiss German part, there are vocational schools, there are people willing and wanting to attend those schools, they are passionate about the job and so on, and there is manpower available coming from these vocational schools. Right. In the Swiss Romande, we have a big issue because all those vocational schools are gone. They have disappeared. But hotels have not disappeared. Mm-hmm. Hotels are desperate to hire receptionists and they don't find the profiles they need mm-hmm. locally. And this is where probably something needs to be done. There is an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. For the time being, the um, receptionists, they are hired from across the border. Right. We have a lot. France. France, mm-hmm. yes. That's mm-hmm. the, the closest one. Mm-hmm. So um, what are you hearing exactly uh, from people working in the in the hotel industry, people running hotels, how do they see the current situation? When I talk to hoteliers, um, restaurateurs, because we have also to include them, mm-hmm. uh, what you hear every day is, oh, I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. I need receptionists, I need waiters, I need staff in the kitchen, I need chambermaids, and they are not available. We don't find staff. So um, when I hear that, I would like to develop and ask them, how come you don't find the stuff that you need. What happened? Is there something new? Is it something that um, is happening only now or etc.? Um, the answer is, well, um, there has been the COVID. Yes, we all know there has been the COVID. So what's the problem with the COVID? Well, uh, during the COVID, we had to close our hotels we had to close our restaurants and then reopen and close and so on so the staff was um unemployed mm-hmm. um laid off sometime because nobody knew what the future would be like so when um covid uh, crisis was more or less over right um occupancy Um, gas traffic picked up again and you needed the staff. So I think hoteliers were simply saying, okay, now right. it's time to call them back. <laughs> yeah. But they did not come back. And why? Why do you think that was? What, what happened? Well, if you find in a situation where all of a sudden uh, you don't have the same purchasing Power. You don't earn the money that you used to earn before and you need to find the money. So what you have to do, you need to be creative and probably find another job. You can't always live and only live on unemployment money. Uh-huh. So many people I've, I've met, they simply found another job. Right. In another uh, industry. In another industry. Right. Yeah. Um, and by finding another job in another industry, they all of a sudden realized, wow, I'm working less hours. I've got my evenings off. I've got my weekend off. I have less stress. I can play with my children. I can, you know, um, have more time for leisure. And at the end of the month, I earn more money than I used to before. Uh So why should I now go back to hospitality? So this is, um, I, I've, I've really summarized it in the way I have perceived it mm-hmm. uh, from, from feedback mm-hmm. I have I've collected. But this is what we're hearing, though. We're hearing that a lot of people simply left the industry. Exactly. Because and, they were forced to during the pandemic. And they are not, they, they, don't, not uh, no, they, are, they don't have the intention to come back. So 
Hotels need to operate. Restaurants need to operate. So you need to find the staff. Where from? Yeah, well, so what's the... The solution? What are the solutions? So where are, what are we going to do now? Because we keep hearing over and over and over again that a lot of hotels and restaurants are really, really struggling to find enough staff. They, they, they can't operate at full capacity. No. I mean, I have examples of hotels who cannot um, respond to the demand of mm -hmm. customers because they don't have, for example, the chambermaids to clean the rooms. Mm -hmm. So they prefer not to sell the rooms because the room, they cannot sell rooms that are not clean. Uh, same for restaurants. They prefer not to open the terrace during, uh, you know, beautiful weather time, or they have some uh, restaurant rooms that they cannot um, rent or they cannot uh, put customers because they don't have the waiters. Um, a big issue, big mm -hmm. issue nowadays. Yeah. Um, Where do you think this is going to, what do you think is going to happen? How do you see this situation evolving? Um, it cannot be solved overnight. And um, there is an important element that probably some people have not really grasped yet. Crisis in hospitality, we have lived those. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not 20, so I've seen some of those. Uh, of course. And every crisis was due because of, I don't know, terrorism, because of uh, stock market crisis, mm -hmm. oil crisis, mm -hmm. Gulf War, September 11, and right. so on. And every time the issue was um, customers um, are not coming. Right. So you have empty rooms, you have empty uh, seats in the restaurant and so on, but you did have the staff. Today, you do have the customers, but you don't have the staff. And this, I'm sorry, never happened before. And you need to solve it. And I'm not the one who has, you know, the ready-made solution. I certainly have ideas, but I, I think this is one of the reasons why we have these debates, these discussions, mm -hmm. these forums, podcasts, and so on. We would like to hear from people what ideas they have. Mm -hmm. You cannot just sit and wait for the crisis to be ended because every crisis is like a cycle. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, it ends. You need to be proactive and be creative and find um, solutions. And these solutions, um, they need not to be standard solutions mm -hmm. because with standard solutions, you don't go anywhere. You need to try something new. You need to be a pioneer. I think you need to, uh, I don't know how... Think outside of the box. Think outside of the box. And every decision that you take, it's an investment that you make. Mm -hmm. And when I say investment, it means money. It has a cost. Mm -hmm. And the cost nowadays is investing in training. You need to have people trained. And it cannot happen overnight. So the crisis we are living now is not going to be over mm -hmm. tomorrow. No, It's going to last and it's going to last for a long time. So it needs to be, um, there is a lot of planning that needs to be done. And the planning must include um, uh, training. Now, to summarize my thoughts mm -hmm. and to make it really clear, I have uh, a few points that I don't want to really miss. So I'm just sharing with you what I'm convinced of. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that as long as hoteliers and restaurateurs continue to trust their experience and the crisis episodes of the past, 
of course, convinced that things will work out almost naturally, this exceptional situation we are currently experiencing cannot and will not be resolved. The staff shortage, as I said, is not temporary. It is yet to last for a very, very long time. And you asked me for solutions. Mm -hmm. Well, solutions are possible, but they will only come from visionary leaders. They need to be the ones ready to upset the system with the new proposals. Sometimes these proposals need to be a little bit revolutionary mm -hmm. and they will definitely be unpopular. <laughs> okay. And as I said already, it is now urgent and essential to invest in the training that will be the basis of this revolution. This is something I'm absolutely convinced. Now, <clears throat> what is important to note is that the model has changed. As I said before, everything that was done in the past was something to attract the customer. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know, these uh, seduction campaigns. Right. And you want to attract more customers, more guests. Nowadays, it's a new paradigm. Mm -hmm. You have to seduce the staff because customers are there, staff is not. Right. So you need to be creative with your ideas, with your solutions. Um, the, the seduction of the staff is how do you seduce the staff? By offering them something. Right. So what can you offer? Well, people always think, well, start with uh, a salary um, mm, increase. Higher salaries. Higher yeah. salaries. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yes. But the more I listen to people, the more I understand that it is not all about money. Mm -hmm. You need to offer something else. You know, when, when you want to seduce a customer, you offer packages. Right. Think about packages for the staff. Yeah, and what they, would they include? What, yes. what else could you give them? Education programs, mm -hmm. benefits in food, housing, mm. parking space, mm -hmm. insurance, leisure subscriptions, flexible hours. Oh, that will be a popular one, I think. Here we go. <laughs> Child care solutions, merit bonuses, profit sharing, and I can go on. Right. You just need to see what will be best for your staff, what uh -huh. will make them happy. If you have happy staff, right. they make your customer happy. And do you think that some of these changes are being implemented already? Oh, yes. Uh -huh. um, I'm sure that we already have some examples of these um, avant-garde and very courageous hoteliers. They have already thought about it. And all we need to do now is find them, identify who they are. And how do you find them? How do you identify them? Simply see the results. See which hotel has the highest occupancy and the hotel who has the best rating mm -hmm. about customer satisfactions. Mm -hmm. Where does the customer satisfactions? From service. Mm -hmm. Who provides the service? Mm -hmm. The staff. Of course. Here we go. So happy staff goes hand in hand with high level of customer satisfactions and at the same time, a lower number of complaints. All staff really, but still, you know, in fashion. Right. Now, we've discussed the question of foreign labor and specifically migrants in the past. Uh, we've had several discussions about this. Could this maybe be a solution to the lack of qualified employees right now in this uh, crisis? Definitely, yes. And I would like to take this opportunity to open a debate about this potentially new source of supply of more or less qualified personnel. Mm -hmm. We have now, um, you know, 
migrants fleeing a totalitarian regime or a war, these people often have basic training or they have even completed university studies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, many of them even have masters uh, and uh, others have uh, can speak several languages, mm-hmm. including English, which we need in hospitality. Course, yes. So um, this is therefore, uh, I think, a solution for the future. This is available labor. Mm-hmm. But how can the industry players and government officials uh, facilitate this uh, for migrants? For those who do not um, speak um, one of the official languages in Switzerland, well, I think we need to provide um, English courses, uh, sorry, uh, language courses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, German for the German-speaking part, French, mm-hmm. English, most probably they already know, Italian if needed. So this is um, a good start. Right. Of course, uh, it's not only offering language courses. In Switzerland, in order to be able to work, you need a residence permit mm-hmm. and also a work permit. Hey, uh, this is with the... Um, authorities mm-hmm. with um, it's it's a it's a political decision absolutely we can't do much about it all we can do is hey think about it mm-hmm. and see whether this could be an opportunity right so our role is to start the debate mm-hmm. initiate uh, a debate already in Switzerland on a national level that includes all partners of hospitality mm-hmm. and then try to have everybody go the same direction mm-hmm. because if a solution is found, everybody will benefit from of it. Of course, yes. So there are different types of uh, migrants. Uh, we also have those that are called economic mm-hmm. uh, migrants. These are Often young people, they are fleeing a very unpleasant reality in their respective countries. They have no job prospects. They have no training, no educations. Even for them, I think there are opportunities uh, for hospitality to partially fill the shortage of staff. Mm -hmm. And of course, it needs to be within a very strict uh, framework yes. and conditions for admission. Yes. So the debate is open. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like just to mention something. In one of our next episodes, we are going to um, welcome the testimony of uh, migrants who have successfully integrated uh, into our country. Excellent. So wait Wonderful. and see. So uh, what other areas does this podcast want to explore? What, what, are, what are the goals here? One of the uh, main objectives of the series of podcasts is to scan the current situation of hospitality, not only in Switzerland, but also in other countries. Mm -hmm. So again, I use the word debate. So we want to stimulate this debate Mm -hmm. to know if what we are currently experiencing is an isolated case or rather a generalized situation that other countries or each country is experiencing. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Perhaps some countries already have um, experienced the same situation, but they are ahead of us Mm -hmm. and have already um, overcome it and find answers, solutions. Who knows? Let's hope so. Yes, I agree. And one of the reasons people cite for wanting to go into the hospitality industry is to have the opportunity to work in different countries and in different cultures. And I think young people who are debarking on this adventure will be especially interested in what our global international guests will have to say. Well, I can't agree more with that. So, hey, guys, stay tuned and wait for the next episodes. We have several important players um, in the world of hotels and restaurants from other countries that will uh, do us the honor of providing their testimonials and uh, share success stories. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we have people from China, Mexico, Morocco, Norway, UK, Japan, Singapore, and name them all. Uh, all these guests are eager to share their experience with you and with us, of course. Um, if I may, I know I'm using all the time. I talk a lot. I know. I have one more message for the audience. What would that be? I would like to stress the importance of networking. Let me explain. During all these years, I have cultivated the relationships in my network. I made sure to keep in touch simply by sending a congratulatory message when someone received a promotion or accepted a new job. Mm -hmm. You know what? I also sent messages for birthdays and work anniversaries every day. Yeah. So this is how people remember you. And when you contact them, you are almost certain that they will respond positively. Yes. And this project, the Fifty Shades of Hospitality, was able to take shape thanks to the strength and solidity of this network. So my message today is the following. I would like to encourage young people in particular to create and nurture their professional network. What we saw today, we react tomorrow. En français, ce qu'on sème aujourd'hui, on récoltera demain. Tout à fait. <laughs> so, at the same time, and this is how I would like to conclude, I invite anyone in my network who would like to contribute to Fifty Shades of Hospitality to come forward for the recording of the next episodes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Judy, so much for this great interview. And we all look forward to our next guests. Thank you. Today's episode is being sponsored by Hotel and Gastro Union, the largest professional association in the Swiss hospitality sector. Representing over 20,000 members, the Hotel and Gastro Union is dedicated to promoting fair working conditions and improving the social, educational, and professional prospects of everyone working in the Swiss hospitality industry. Contact Hotel and Gastro Union at www.hotelgastrounion.ch to learn more about their mission and how they can support you. Join them on their journey by following them on LinkedIn. Facebook and Instagram at Hotel Gastro Union and discover how they are shaping the future of Swiss hospitality.